Although Taiwan has remained relatively unscathed, the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage across the globe. According to the latest WHO data, close to 260,000 people were diagnosed with the virus in the last 24 hours, setting a new single-day high. Numbers of COVID fatalities for July 18th reached 7,360, their highest daily total since May 10th. As of Sunday noon, the number of people confirmed to be infected with the illness has exceeded 14.2 million, and the number of deaths has surpassed 600,000 globally. On Sunday, Taiwan added one new COVID case imported from abroad, bringing the nation's total to 455. A 45-year-old man who had worked long-term in Hong Kong returned to Taiwan on July 17th. He was tested on arrival at the airport, confirmed positive on Sunday, and then immediately placed in hospital isolation. Hong Kong is bearing the brunt of a new wave of the pandemic. Saturday saw 64 confirmed new cases, and Sunday had over 100 newly confirmed and suspected cases. President Tsai Ing-wen gave her first major speech at the DPP National Congress on Sunday after returning to the post of DPP chairperson on May 20th for the third time. Today I stand here once again in the capacity of party chairperson to speak with everyone. A good performance in epidemic prevention does not mean that people are subscribing to each and every one of our policies and indulging in the results of our current governance. There's a real possibility that we could once again lose the people's support. There are individuals in society who say absolute power corrupts absolutely and they use that to write a story about the future of the DPP. We must always admonish ourselves and use actions to prove that such a story will not become reality. Chairman Tsai also listed four major goals for the party, including persisting with reform, cultivating young talent, protecting Taiwan's democratic values, and the most pressing goal at present, winning the upcoming Kaohsiung mayoral by-election. With President Trump's tough stance on the legality of China's claims to the South China Sea, military tensions between the two superpowers are brewing. On Friday, satellite imagery revealed an unprecedented eight Chinese PLA air-to-air and air-to-ship fighter jets on one of the Paracel Islands. The U.S. military also confirmed that two long-range supersonic B-1B Lancers took off from the U.S. mainland for repositioning in Guam. The U.S. claims to be protecting its allies in the region, but its message for China is clear. Two days ago, two U.S. carrier groups performed an exercise in the South China Sea, while on Friday, satellite imagery revealed a bird's-eye view of Chinese Air Force deployments on Woody Island. On the island's airstrip, eight Chinese jets could be seen lined up in a row. Foreign media have continually reposted the photographs, commenting that this was the first time for such a large contingent to be seen on the island. It's true that the configuration of this deployment is totally different from what we have seen in the past. Fighter jets are deployed to maintain air superiority. Attack aircraft or bombers are used for anti-ship attacks and bombing missions. The Chinese Navy and Air Force must be considering whether permanently stationing these aircraft on the island are worth the logistics cost. 
If not, they will likely use troop rotations to establish its presence on the island installation. Experts still do not rule out that China may make these kinds of deployments part of its regular operations in the region. Its goal is nothing less than that of challenging the US and gaining sovereignty over the sea. Websites devoted to exposing flight movements were replete with images on July 18th of two B-1B Lancers, long-range multi-mission supersonic conventional bombers, taking off from a base in South Dakota, crossing the Pacific Ocean and landing in Guam for stationing, bringing the number of B-1Bs in Guam's Anderson Air Force Base to four. The Indo-Pacific Command confirmed that this deployment was aimed at fulfilling US defence commitments to its allies. These remarks were clearly aimed at China. China often says that they have their so-called Xi'an H-6 strategic bomber that, when coupled with CJ-10 cruise missiles, can threaten Guam. If China uses its fighter jets in the South China region for harassment or to fly more often to the region than before, the U.S. aircraft we position in will make it able to reach the South China Sea more quickly. Whether it's utilizing its so-called Aegis combat system or having B-1Bs depart from Guam, they can all reach the South China Sea region rapidly. And this kind of operational flexibility will actually increase pressure on China. As China and the U.S. vie for influence in the South China Sea, Taiwan is paying attention from afar and is ready to respond to any possible development. Lin Jiahe, an endurance swimmer, completed the first single-day round-trip Turtle Island swim. From Ilan's Wushu Harbor to the shores of Turtle Island and back is roughly 20 kilometers and takes a motorized boat about one hour. The feat took nearly 13 hours in the water with only a 40-minute rest on the island. In the blue expanse, this experienced swimmer catches his breath between strokes on a swim out to Turtle Island. In a kayak alongside, a safety observer stays with him and records the entire swim as a testament to this man's feat of endurance. As I get into the water for the swim back to Taiwan, everyone hopes for me to successfully swim the channel back to Taiwan. The swimmer stands triumphantly on the rocky shore, cheering into the lens. Guzzling down a sports drink, he gives a thumbs up because it really takes an effort to get here. From Usu Harbor to Turtle Island is a roughly 20-kilometer round trip. By boat, it takes about one hour to get there and back. Lin Jiahe entered the water at 5.45 in the morning and swam for about four and three-quarter hours to reach the opposite shore. After a 40-minute rest on the island, he got back in the water for a six-hour, 45-minute return swim. So far, there have been nine successful one-way swims and one round trip. This is the first swimmer on record who has swum there and back in a single day. Swimming back from Turtle Island to Waiao Beach is about five to six kilometers. And there are two lateral channel currents that you'll need to adjust for. Lin shares the joy of his success at navigating the waves and currents, but swimming these treacherous waters is not to be taken lightly. Completing 20 kilometers in less than 13 hours has Lin ecstatic, and he happily recorded this short documentary to share his feet with the world. In the scorching summer heat, water parks are a fun way to cool off. Now children, big and small, have a new aquatic playground just for that in Taipei's Shilin District. The playground is wheelchair accessible so that no one has to miss out. The miniature water park has five installations spread out over an area of 300 square meters. It has a maximum capacity of 100 people per session. 
The area also has changing rooms and outdoor showers. Admission is just 50 NT, and the park will be open until September 30th. From owls to cats and hedgehogs to alligators, if you can find it at a zoo, there's a good chance you can pet it at a cafe. In Taipei, animal cafes are a thriving trade. They sell drinks and desserts, but the main attraction is their animal stars. In June, these cafes shot to notoriety when a leaked video showed the reprehensible treatment of an animal behind the scenes of a cafe. It's raised questions about a business model that's gone for the most part unchallenged. Are animal cafes legal? Are they ethical? For Mosa News reporter Stephanie Yang finds out. Rocket the raccoon scales the fence, scurrying from one end to the other. It plays with the ball as people line up to take photos. A little bit scary, yeah, but it's pretty cute. I was expecting that maybe. Uh, would be some interact or something like. A few weeks ago, this raccoon cafe was still hugely popular with Taipei locals. It served up coffee and desserts along with a companionship of inquisitive raccoons. Do not be fooled by its cute appearance. It is still wild at heart. Be careful of getting bitten. If you have a watch, necklace, earrings, or money in your pocket, it might make away with it like a thief. Two weeks after our visit, a customer video of the owner in a back room went viral. It led to all four raccoons being confiscated. The raccoon struggles desperately but can't escape. It wails as a border collie latches on. The owner stands by watching. The customer who filmed the video accused the owner of habitually mistreating his animals. They always said it was only a rumor, but it's true that a raccoon and a fox died in his care. Then a former employee of the cafe revealed comments by the owner, who admitted to hitting a raccoon with a tennis racket until the animal was catatonic and bleeding. Within days of the storm on social media, Tang was charged with violating animal welfare laws. The Taipei City Animal Protection Office has inspected the store. They say that the owner's behavior was a violation of the Animal Protection Act and that the owner will face a fine of 45,000 NT dollars. The store is now closed and the raccoons have been sent to the zoo. It was because raccoons are very aggressive during mating season. They bite. Border collies are herders of sheep, and I thought it would be a good idea to have the border collie herd the raccoon back into the cage. I'm sorry, I've set a bad example. This animal cafe is closed, but there is no shortage of them in Taipei. Taiwan's capital city is home to dozens of animal cafes, some more humane than others. This is the world's first cat cafe, established in 1998. Here, customers interact with rescue cats that are free to roam. <laughs> a more recent addition to the scene, called Lang Lang Don't Cry, is a part restaurant and part animal shelter. Customers can meet strays while they eat and adopt the ones that win their heart. If an applicant meets the basic requirements, the adoption process can begin. They'll be asking to fill out the application form. Then there will be shop visits and home visits. Since its launch in 2015, Lang Lang Don't Cry has found homes for 650 animals, mostly cats and tuko, the local variety of mongrel. Elsewhere in Taipei, much more exotic animals are available to pet. 
It's a vast menagerie, from hedgehogs and poison dart frogs to alligators. Since the first cafe opened in 1998, the concept has widened to animals typically only seen in a zoo. In the span of five years, there's been a great increase in such cafes. There are a lot of internet celebrities who go and take photos with the wild animals. And actually, in Taiwan, there are no restrictions on what you can keep as a pet. There are no special restrictions on matters including pet breeding. For example, if I want to buy a raccoon, as long as I get one that is legally imported, I can breed and sell it with no restrictions. There are now at least 47 cafes in Taiwan that showcase animals. Business is fueled by public curiosity and the desire to get up close with unusual animals. This cafe has been open for about five years. The hedgehogs have been a part of the store for about a year. Now our customer base is different. We have children and parents. Since having the hedgehogs, our revenue has grown 60 to 70 percent. Main purpose is also to allow more people to really understand the hedgehog, its habits, and so on. This Taipei cafe houses hedgehogs, chameleons, spiders, sugar gliders, poison dart frogs, green iguanas, and more. Many are kept in cages and taken out to interact with patrons at set times. For the animals' interactions in our store, we don't decide in advance which animals can come out to interact with the customers because sometimes when the weather is very hot, certain animals need to rest. We will not disturb them. But even when shop owners have the best of intentions, some experts argue that keeping Keeping wild animals in a cafe is never in their best interests. A lot of exotic species is not good.、Um, I know some reptile, some like lizard or iguana. They may be good, but they are not so good at interact with human. And then actually, the petting actually disturb their their life. So rabbit, rabbit is easily startled by. Uh, strangers, so I don't think they are good.、Uh, nocturnal species usually they are not good during the daytime, and then people are not nocturnal. So we most activity is in the, in the daytime, and then actually we are disturbing those nocturnal nocturnal animal. So I think those are not good for、um, exhibition or companionship in a store. 每次接触的都是陌生的人 They're interacting with a stranger every time. The day can be eight or ten hours long. Over time, that puts pressure on the animal. There's a term called stress, and stress will affect the physiology of the animal over time. There are stress-related diseases that have an adverse effect on the animal's health over the long run. Suffering experienced by an animal doesn't always manifest as a disease. Experts say distress can show up as repetitive behavior: pacing, tongue flicking, nibbling. Animals who are suffering may rock or swing back and forth over and over. They may have hair loss due to excessive grooming. If the animal has no way to act in its natural state, or if it's in an oppressive, monotonous, or dirty environment, that already constitutes abuse. An important indicator is whether it has compulsive behavioral patterns. For instance, a raccoon that sways repeatedly left and right. Currently, animal cafes occupy a loophole in Taiwan law. The government does regulate businesses that stage animal performances, which include having them interact with people. But if businesses don't charge directly for animal interaction, they do not need a permit and are not subject to regulation. The animal performance law is still very new. These regulations are relatively wide-ranging, and we are still in the early stage of the regulatory process, the trial period. We still have to fine-tune the practical application. There's a lot of fine print to work out.
In the metropolis of Taipei, animal cafes meet a growing need for contact with nature. Their loyal patrons describe them as therapeutic and relaxing, an oasis in a world that can move too fast. But activists say it's anything but for the animals involved, who can face unnatural confinement, stressful handling, and sometimes outright abuse. Activists hope that as business booms and the industry thrives, Taiwan will take more responsibility for the creatures paying the price. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Liao Wenpu, in Taipei. An airstrip for remote-control model airplanes has sprung up in Yingling County, and it's become a favorite hotspot for Taiwan's airplane enthusiasts. It attracts many new airplane controllers hoping to get a license to fly their models, as well as veteran plane experts who want to show off their skills. A model jet plane taxis and then soars into the sky with a rumble. A man on the ground is controlling the plane, but sometimes there's a snag. High in the sky, the plane lets out a plume of white smoke and a bang. The plane starts to drop downward. The experienced controller brings the troubled vessel safely down to land. It wasn't able to get the oil properly. The oil pipes bust. And then it suddenly lost power. That's when it made that bang. It was the jet engine making that bang. It sounds a bit like thunder. Lots of people rushed out to see the lightning. Flying planes like this take skill, but also lots of experience. (laughs) Of course, in the moment, I was shocked. But it doesn't scare you too much, because you've got to think of a way to deal with it. You can't misjudge that moment. You've got to find a way to land it safely. The model airplane field was built to specifications three months ago on the banks of the Huwei River. Now it's a mecca for airplane enthusiasts, as well as locals looking for novel entertainment. Amid border controls due to COVID-19, locals deprived of an overseas vacation have turned to hotels that give a convincing simulation of exotic places. In Nantou's Yuchi Township, there's a hotel designed like an airport where guests check into rooms with themes of countries like Japan, China, and Southeast Asia. This resort in Nanto's Puli Township is surrounded by verdant greenery. There's an infinity pool, expansive views, and six pavilions that transport you to the islands of Bali. We imported 28 shipping containers of materials from Bali, including rocks, building materials, stone carvings, and wood carvings. They were all shipped here from Bali. At a cost of 200 million NT, the owner created a tropical paradise in the mountains of Nanto. With vacations abroad out of the question due to the epidemic, her Bali-esque resort is booked to capacity by restless locals. We turn to Sun Moon Lake, look up in the lobby and there are some familiar signs. One marks the boarding gate. And it's that way to the departure hall. Don't be fooled, this is not an airport. It's a lodge opened by a former air stewardess. We wanted to have an exotic look, to give people the feeling that they are abroad. The owner used to be a flight attendant, so each room is numbered like a boarding gate, and when you check in, you get a boarding pass. The rooms have boarding gate numbers, and the key looks like a boarding pass. Open the door to find yourself in a room inspired by China, Southeast Asia, Japan, or simply the countryside. Pull in your luggage and put up your feet, and this fake exotic getaway starts feeling like the real thing.